Welcome beyond the neutral zone. I am Brandon, joined by my good friends Tanner and Ben. Today is Wednesday, January 24th. We got a lot. We don't necessarily we don't have a lot to get to today, but we've got we're gonna dig into the details a lot of what we are gonna get into today. That those things being obviously the AFC and NFC championships this weekend. We got some coach firings and some coach hirings to get into as well. Which one would you guys want to start with? Where you want to go, coach hiring, or you want to go, coach firing? Which I don't one? care. Whichever y'all want to do. Look, let's go ahead. This is the most recent news, so we'll get into that. Chargers are officially hiring Jim Harbaugh as their next head coach. I think that that was the right decision for the Chargers, and I think that was the right decision for Jim Harbaugh. I think that they're a good fit together. Do you guys feel the same way about that, or do you think Jim Harbaugh would have been better off choosing one of the other teams, or do you think the Chargers would have been better off choosing one of the other coaches, or do you think that's a good fit for both parties? I just kind of figured this is what was going to happen regardless. I As soon as the Chargers fired their head coach and Harbaugh had the season that he did at Michigan, it was just kind of like, oh, it makes sense for him to go to the Chargers. They already have a franchise quarterback. The pieces are there for whatever reason. The Chargers have just not performed well the past few years, mostly because of injuries, honestly. They have been just injured, injured, injured the yeah, past three years. Yeah. So, okay. So, I think he's stepping into a good situation. They're getting a head coach that is obviously his brother's already in the NFL. Like they know football, and he comes with a high. He's coached reputation himself, like right. as far as oh, he just won the national championship. He's coached in the NFL before, like all this other stuff. So yeah. Well, how do you what do you what do you, how do you feel about it, Tanner? I personally am not a massive Jim Harbaugh fan. Okay, I've never been. Now, do you think That's he's just, a bad coach, or are you jealous of the guy? What here? He's a good coach. I, I'm not going to say he's not a good coach because he is a good coach. Is he the coach that everybody's like acts like he is? That's what I disagree with personally. I I personally would have liked it if I, I personally just think the Chargers would have been better off going for somebody else instead of Jim Harbaugh. So I, I think if I, I want to see who all the Chargers interviewed. Because I have not seen anything from anybody the Chargers have interviewed. The only person that I've heard the Chargers interviewing, I'm pretty sure, is Jim Harbaugh, Dan Quinn. Those are the only two names that I have heard the Chargers had interviewed. Right. I just, man, with Justin Herbert there, like, I personally think there are better offensive-minded options out there that you can pair to get more out of Justin Herbert. If a offensive minded coach is willing to leave the situation they're in to go to the Chargers, I I agree that they're probably a more creative offensive minds. Mm-hmm. But I don't with Justin Herbert. I don't know if you necessarily need a creative offensive mind. Mm-hmm. I think you need somebody that is going to give stability and structure to the point to where even if somebody does get hurt, like one of his weapons. That the, that the the system and the offense can still run properly, and I, I because of that I think Jim Harbaugh is a good fit, and also I think Jim Harbaugh is a better NFL coach than he is a college coach because I think he's a great coach. I don't I don't think he's necessarily a great recruiter, which is weird that because he's been a college coach for a while now. So 
but I think he's a great NFL coach. I think he's just a great coach in general, which means I think he's a better coach than he is a recruiter. Mm-hmm. And I do think he's going to give structure and stability to an to an offense with players that if they are given structure and stability can make plays for you. He Jim Harbaugh doesn't have to be the one creating plays. He just has to create the structure. Those players can go make the plays for him. He doesn't have to yeah. create that. He he can trust Justin Herbert to almost call his own offense, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. All he's got to do is teach Herbert the offense. Yeah. And then Herbert can pretty much run it from there. Yeah. And okay, so let me ask you guys this question. I don't know exactly what pick the Chargers have, but let's just say it's number 10. I feel like it's probably around that area. Let's say they have the 10th pick. What position are you drafting? With, if you have the 10th pick as the Chargers and, and Jim Harbaugh, what position are you going with, Tanner? Man, I want to say... They have the 5th pick. Whoa, 5th pick. Okay, what position are you going with in the 5th pick, Tanner? If I'm the Chargers, I'm either going one of two ways. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I mean, you might be thinking the same yeah. thing. <laughs> I'm, either, I'm either going corner or I'm going... You guys are going to disagree with this, but when Quentin John, where Quentin Johnston was such a bust, if Marvin Harrison Jr. is on the board, you take Marvin Harrison. You are in love. You don't let you don't let him pass. If Marvin Harrison Jr. is on the board, so you do not pass. Let me ask you this: You love that? Uh, I wanted to say running back, but the thing is, man, Austin Eckler just had a bad season. Okay, I still you're not taking a running back with a fifth pick. Well, That's yeah, not yeah. no, no. All right, Ben, what would, what would your answer be? I'm trading that pick away and trading back and getting some other position. Like, I, I'm not staying at five. I don't care what they get. They need to trade back. Like, okay, so because they need more than one elite dude. They need, like, a few more pieces. I disagree with that. I, I think the roster's there. I think the roster's there. I think you could use one or two more big playmakers that could really help that, help the team out a lot. I think the roster's there. I, I, I think Marvin Harrison is overrated. And because of that, I'm okay with trading back like Ben's talking about, but I don't want to trade back far. If I have the fifth pick and I can trade back to like number eight and get like Malik Neighbors mm. from LSU, I would do that all day. The guy I, from Florida State? Florida State. I think that guy's going to be mid-first round to late-first round. I so, want that. that but Malik Neighbors from Washington. I, I like Adunze better than Marvin Harrison Jr., but I like Malik Neighbors better than both of them. Mm. Malik Neighbors is the best receiver in the draft, in my opinion. Adunze is probably my number two. And so with number five, you probably aren't getting Marvin Harrison Jr. at five. He's probably going earlier than that. He's projected to go four. You can get Adunze or Malik Neighbors at five, but I also think you can maybe get Malik Neighbors at eight. Because I, I think Adunze is probably not going to last to eight, but I think Malik Neighbors might. Because for whatever reason, now, whenever we get to the draft process, like, and once we get to like the combine and stuff, people's positions change all of a sudden. People just like get skyrocketed all of a sudden. I'm trying and to, other people drop. I'm trading back to like 11 or 12, taking an offensive lineman in a corner. I think they need interior offensive line in a corner. Uh, their offensive line's pretty decent. It's They're good. Not- I feel like they're missing like one guy on the offensive line, though. I can't remember which. A general rule is, dude, with your first-round pick, if you're taking an offensive lineman, that's never a bad pick. Unless you're the Titans and you draft that one dude that never played football. I don't remember his name. But you know who I'm talking about? What was his name? The uh, dude that the Titans picked like mid-first round, and he literally just never played for the Titans. He never played. And he's not, he never played a, a down of an Oh, that was a lot. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I not long ago. That was like three or four years ago. Yeah, I can't think of what his name was. 
Yeah. I mean, that's the point. Nobody. Mm. Yeah. He never played. So that's the only time I've ever heard somebody picking an offensive lineman in the first round where it literally just didn't help at all. Maybe they take a D tackle because their rushing defense has been atrocious for like forever. It's really on par with the Packers run defense, like maybe worse than the Packers run defense. So, yeah, I, I, maybe they just take a stud D tackle at five. I don't know if there's one in here, but here's the thing. If, Mike Williams can play a full season. You don't need another receiver at all. But when is the last time you remember him yeah, playing the full? It's season? never happened. That's the point. So yeah. I'm just assuming. But here's the thing: what's their cap space? More teams need to take the philosophy of the Packers. You can get great receivers in the second round. Okay, you don't have to use a first round pick to get great receivers. So if if they do what Ben's talking about trade back to like number 10 dude they have 44 million in cap they can just sign a receiver but like one of those middling signing receivers aren't isn't usually a great idea either T Higgins bro T Higgins to the Chargers T. Higgins. that'd be insane T Higgins oh, is like, not willingly going to LA yeah, he's not uh, yeah so your top so right now your top 3 did you guys see Mel Kuyper's his mock draft that he released no so Mel Kiper is the biggest idiot. In the I world. don't agree. I fully respect Mel Kiper. I don't agree with this, but the only reason I don't agree with this is who he's got going number two. He's got Caleb Williams going number one. No surprise there. That's definitely Same. you got Jaden Daniel. Yeah, Jaden Daniels going two. Right. He's got Jaden yeah, Daniels going ridiculous. to the Commanders at number two. That's ridiculous. And it, it's not as much as Jaden Daniels. It's the Commanders. Yeah. Like the amount of Sam Howell's good. I know I gave you crap about the Commanders this year. Bro, Sam Howell was not the problem for the commander, I agree. bro. So, in my opinion, if you take a quarterback, bro, like, you're letting... It's ridiculous. You're I, letting a possible... Now, I'm using possible, and I'm using this very loosely because we've only seen it one year. But you are possibly letting a franchise guy go out. Yeah, it's possible. My thing is, the commanders aren't trading for Chase Young. How, wait, how did we get off the chart? They've got... So, his... No, well, I was coming to this. They've got the Chargers. He's got the Chargers taking Brock Bowers at number five. I don't hate that. He's got Marvin Harrison Jr. going four, Drake May going three, He's and then Brock got Bowers going play. number five. I'm okay with that. I could, I could, I could see that being successful. Yeah, I don't hate it. I don't hate that. I, look, if they take Brock Bowers, an elite receiver, or an offensive lineman, or even an interior defensive lineman like Ben's talking about. I'm okay with any of those, really. Yeah, I, I, they've got some options that they could work with. The roster is good enough that they can almost just pick best player available, and it and it work out well for them. So we'll see. All right, anything anything else you guys want to talk about, Jim Harbaugh or the Chargers before we move on? No, no. Okay. Another news: Packers announced Joe Barry has been fired. We're just not going to talk about any of the other coaches that got hired. Oh, yeah. Well, other you coaches know. got hired. Well, not today, but what coaches are you talking about? Brian Callahan got hired on Monday. Oh, okay. Before we get to Joe Barry, let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about Brian Callahan. And, and yeah. Antonio Pierce, which, I mean. No, that was before last episode. Mm-hmm. We knew that. But we didn't talk about it. I think we did. We didn't. Not, we didn't talk about it long. It's not a big deal. But anyway, let's talk about Brian Callahan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Titans. obviously, I touched on this on Sunday when we did the podcast. Brian Callahan was not my first pick. He was not my first choice. But to be honest, the more that I look into this and the more that I look into him, I really, really like this hiring, bro. I do. Like, I 
I really like this hiring just because, I mean, his dad was an NFL coach for a while. He's grown up in the NFL, just like, just like your Kyle Shanahan, just like your, you know, just like your, why can I not remember his name? Co- head coach for the Dolphins. My Mike McDaniel. Thank you. Thank you. Mike McDaniel. Okay. Just like all of, just like all of those really, really successful coaches. I mean, he's literally coached some incredible names. Like, He's got Peyton Manning's endorsement. He literally coached Peyton Manning, and he was in that system when he won the Super Bowl. I mean, he has been around. I mean, obviously, Joe Burrow. He's been around some amazing talent. It's not even that for me. It's the possibility of the staff that he can bring that's got me so fired up about about the hire. Because his dad, Bill Callahan, Bill Callahan is known for being one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL. Now, the caveat with that is he's currently with the Browns as their offensive line coach. Now, I didn't know this, but apparently you can't, the only way that we could get him. So anyway, so like I was saying, the only way that technically we can get Bill Callahan from the Browns is to hire him as your assistant head coach. Because if we try to hire him as our offensive line coach, since he is already an offensive line coach, the Browns can veto that. So I don't buy, and like I said, we were, you know, just talking about it, like the whole, like the play calling thing where, I mean, he doesn't call plays for the Bengals. That's not a big thing to me. That's not a big deal because, I mean, Mike McDaniel didn't call plays before he became a head coach. I mean, the schemes and the quarterbacks that he's worked with, I love this for Will Levis too, man, because you're bringing in an offensive-minded head coach in that has an amazing resume with quarterbacks. I mean, the the dude was literally, the dude was literally coaching Peyton. Man- well, not coaching, but he was on the roster that had Peyton Manning on there. I mean, right. Peyton Manning is giving this guy a crazy endorsement. So, I mean. I just, I trust Rand Carthon. I trust the decision-making. The fact that he has not called plays for the Bengals, that does not scare me, honestly, because, I mean, obviously the fact that his first time is going to be as a head coach, I, I mean, that's that's just not really a big deal to me because with everything that I've heard about his schemes, the quarterbacks that he's worked with, we finally have an offensive-minded head coach in an offensive-driven league where you have to have offensive-minded head coaches to make it deep, man. And we finally have that. It's like we have stepped in to the 21st century of the NFL final. Let me ask you this. When when was the last time the Titans had an offensive-minded head coach? I could not tell you. I, I genuinely could not tell you. I can't because Jeff it. Fisher wasn't an offensive-minded head coach. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mike Munchak basically, basically technically was. Possibly. Because he, I mean, he was an offensive line. So you can possibly make that. Yeah. But like it it legitimately feels like it legitimately feels like since Rand Carthon was hired as the GM, we have finally stepped into a 21st century football team. Yeah. And yeah. and that as a yeah. Titans fan, man. That that is just so exciting to see because like it's no longer gonna be just turn around every first down, you're handing the ball off, like it it's just trying to get in third and manageable. Like, no, we have the quarterback that can spread the field out, that can take deep shots. 
We've obviously got to get receivers. We've got to have an offensive line that can protect Will Levis. But if we bring Bill Callahan and Mike Munchak in, bro, the offensive line is the was the worst part about the Titans. And you're bringing two of the best offensive line minds in, one of them being Bill Callahan, who is Brian Callahan's dad. You're telling me that he would not want to follow his son? Yeah, like, I mean, everybody's expecting that to happen. And Mike Munchak is wanting to come back to the Titans. Yeah. So I'm excited, man. I Honestly, believe all I'm that. really excited about I, this. I'm going to reiterate one more time about offensive coordinators coming from offensive-minded head coaches where they haven't, they've never had an opportunity to call plays before, being put into a situation where suddenly they're having to call plays, but not just that, they're having to control the entire team on game day. It's a lot to ask. History shows us that it doesn't work well. There have been exceptions, and maybe this is one of them. And maybe he'll do well. The Titans definitely could have done worse. We could have hired Dan Quinn. Yeah, I don't think that'd have been a good hire at all. But anyway, so one way I, whenever we get around to, I don't know, what do you call it in training? What do you call training camp? Like the training camp part that's like early summer. What do you call that? Not, not the, oh, is it OTA? OT, it's OTAs. OTAs? Yeah, OTA. So when we get to that point, the way I'm going to have my mind made up as far as whether, the Titans are on the right track or not. I mean, this isn't a deal breaker, but one way that they, they that I can really be won over on whether or not this was they're making the right steps is if this guy, Brian Callahan, had a good enough relationship with T. Higgins that they get T. Higgins on a discounted price here. If they're able to do that, I think that would be amazing for Will Levis. Okay, so look, already the system that he's bringing, if he brings a similar system to what they're running with the Bengals, that system is perfect for Will Levis. It's mm. absolutely flawless. Perfect for him. So if if they're able to do that exact a similar type of system and they're able to make the offensive line at least somewhat competent and they bring in a playmaker, a deep play playmaker like T. Higgins onto the team, suddenly the offense goes from like one of the worst in the NFL to maybe above average. Maybe. Mm. Also, I saw, not to cut you off, but... The past six years under Mike Vrabel, three, I'm pretty sure three of those six years, the Titans offense was ranked 27th or worse. I'm pretty sure. Right. I think I saw a stat the other day where it said all of Brian Callahan's offenses have been ranked seventh or better. Wow. So, I mean, his offense. Yeah. But as the offensive coordinator, Brandon, anyway, (laughs) go ahead. Anyway, I, I, I'll I'll wait and see. You know what? I'm not. I'm very skeptical, but I am open minded about it. We'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any opinions about this one way or the other? I don't really have too much to say about it. I mean, they hired an offensive minded guy, yes, but he built the scheme in Cincinnati. But was it that hard of a scheme? I mean, honestly. They seem to play better whenever the scheme was just throw the ball to Jamar Chase. And that's not really as much as scheming. Like, I'm a little more worried about it, honestly, because they had Joe Mixon. They had two number one receivers and Tyler not a Boyd. Tyler Boyd as well. Yeah. And like they did good, but for as good as people talk about Joe Burrow and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon, like Yes, they had a bad offense line, but I just didn't see an elite, elite offense as much as everyone said that that offense should have been. So, 
I don't know. If they hired an offensive-minded guy and it could work out, I, it depends on who he brings in as offensive coordinator, I guess. Or unless uh, Are they keeping the same offensive coordinator or did they fire their offensive coordinator? Tim Kelly has not been fired. Okay. Well, okay. Come on, you don't fire a head coach and keep the coordinator. That's he, not well, going to happen. He's yeah, probably he's uh, dead. I'm pretty sure I I saw some. I'm not sure about this, but I'm pretty sure he's bringing his off his own offensive coordinator. Right. So and I do want to say this about I I go do ahead, go ahead. I do also want to make it clear this this is not a one year reap. So like, regardless of what happens this first year, I think you need to keep this guy a minimum of three years. Yeah, unless I it's agree. just absolutely garbage. Yeah, but like. If he does decent enough and there's at least promising signs, you have to keep this guy for at least three years. Yeah. For one, for Will Lovis's like consistency of having an offensive scheme. And just don't have like Super Bowl expectations. Don't be the Panthers. Like you hired a rook or you traded your whole team away, drafted a rookie quarterback, got a really good head coach, and then you fired him like four or five games into the season because they were bad. Like you sold your whole team. Yeah, but I agree. Give them a chance, I guess, but I'm not a big fan of it. Along those lines, I, I agree with Tamp temper the expectations a little bit here. This next year, the goal is, I think the goal should be win five games. And then beyond that, every year after that, improve on the win total from the year before. I think as long as he's doing that, you're not firing him. Yeah, but if he, if next season, if next season he wins four games and the year after that he wins four games again, then I may not give him a third year, to be honest. But but if he wins five this year and then approves on that next year, like, like six or seven wins, then you're you're keeping him from that point on. And then year three, that's when you're like, okay, let's make a run at the playoffs this year. I do want to say that I think it's very, very possible that Will Levis is a better quarterback for T. Higgins than Joe Burrow is. Because Will Levis is more likely to just throw the bomb shot. Yeah. And that's what T. Higgins is best at. Just slingshot it and be like, yeah. hey, T. Higgins is down there somewhere. Basically what he's doing with D-Hop right now. Like, just just go catch it yeah. somewhere. And, and what he tried to do with Traylon Burks, but Traylon Burks sucks. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. Nah, he does. I just know <laughs> I, we're not getting rid of him. I still The best play that, that Traylon Burks ever made, he got a concussion. And was out of bounds. You're talking about the Steelers? The yes. Steelers that was the best play he ever made. And he got a concussion and it was incomplete. But he was not out. Yeah, he, he was. He was out. Poor guy. But but plays like that, that I'm talking about. That exact throw and that exact play. Yes. T. Higgins is making that catch. T. Higgins is jumping over the dude and landing like on his shoulders, throwing that dude out of bounds and then scoring a touchdown. That's just T. Higgins does like. I way, just I don't know, man. I have a little higher expectations than you guys. Like we went six and eleven. Well, if you would let me explain, you're losing. We went, you're losing Derrick Henry. D. Hop's another year older. Brand new offense. Okay, according to Brandon, Derrick Henry might as well have been a free agent this year to watch him play football. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So I don't no, care about the Derrick like, Henry. but it, it's so I have like. I don't have five win expect like if we can go realistically, I see us going eight or nine, nine and eight. That's where Jeez, I see us going. Dude. More realistically, eight and so you think you're because... gonna have the kind of season that the Packers had this year? No, no, not that. Well, That's what they did. Yeah, I, not make a, yes to the aspect of record. I'm saying 
not with a deep playoff run, unless something extraordinary happens. I'm talking about the regular season. You think the Titans next year can do what the Packers did in the regular season this year? I just don't see that being possible. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this from the overall. I I tell you what, uh, if if the if the Titans go nine and eight next year, Brian Callahan is winning coach of the year. Okay, that I'm dead serious. If they go nine and eight, he's winning coach of the year because that would be insane, especially with that division how it is right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm looking at this from the overall aspect of what we're going into the season this off season with. $90 $90 million in cap room, so we can go out and try to fit some of those pieces. We I, are losing Derrick Henry. I just that, looked at it. It's projected to be more like $70 million. That's still pretty good. Okay. So. 70 okay? If I can please get a sentence out. So, like, $70, $70 million in cap room. Okay, we have eight draft picks. We are projected to take Joe Alt out of Notre Dame with our seventh pick. Good that pick. would be massive yeah, if great. we could get that. Like, if we can use some of that, sign a T. Higgins, fill in one or two spots offensive line-wise. I trust Tajay. I really think he can, I think he can really step into a, I, I think he can definitely step into his role as our number one back next year. 100% he can. And, and I don't want to say this, that, if, if he is going to be the number one primary mm-hmm. back, the Titans have got to throw the ball a lot more. Yeah, they're going to have to throw the ball a ton. Because mm. I think Tajay is capable of it, but he can't be getting 20 carries a game. Yeah. He's not that type of running back. I just see our offense being ran. I see our offense being ran completely different. Yeah, it will year. be. It will be completely different. It and I'm excited to see that. Like, I really do you, genuinely do you think DeAndre Hopkins I mean, is still going to be there? Oh, he'll be there because he's on a two-year contract. Okay. He'll be there. So, this will be his last. The next year will be his last year with us. And then because he's on it, he was signed a two-year contract. So next year will technically be his last year. I don't know if we'll extend him. I'm not sure. Probably not. Kind of depends on on what. I definitely, I'm pretty sure next year or the year after will be Traylon Burke's final year on his contract. And if we extend him, I'm going to lay in the road. It'll be next year. So Next year is technically the last year, but it, there's a fourth year team option. Yeah. And I'm assuming the Titans, I, you never know that, that it's, the team option things are very team friendly. So even without him being great, it, they still may take that team option, maybe because he'd be he'd be cheap. But I I think like the the number one the number one thing with this team is fix the offensive line. Yeah. I mean that is that is legitimately first and foremost. Protect will our defense was not as atrocious as I feel like a lot of people like now the defensive like now now secondary I'll give you that okay but Amari Hooker did play well if we keep Sean Murphy bunting like if we can keep some of those guys and bring one or two more pieces in in the offseason I'll be okay coming into this season like I'm not expecting a Super Bowl AFC championship like I'm not I'm not going there I'm saying I legitimately, if we can fill in all those pieces, it is realistic to have an eight-win season after we had a six-win season this year with an atrocious offensive line that literally could not keep a that could not keep a quarterback on his on his feet. But if you can fill in pieces, I legitimately think we can get at least two more wins. On I that. just, I, dude, I don't, I think you're kind of underestimating how hard it is to restart with a new coach and new schemes. Like, it's going to take these guys a while to figure this out, man. Like, 
Like it's it's gonna be a while. I feel like y'all are acting like I just predicted a double digit. Win. No, like, like no, so, like let me like, let me just talk. Like look look at the Packers this year. Okay, yes, they lost Aaron Rodgers. They they restarted with Jordan Love this year. They got eight wins last year with Aaron Rodgers. This year they brought in Jordan Love, who a lot of people say, including me, that Jordan Love was better this year than Aaron Rodgers was last year. Jordan Love had been studying in that offense with Matt LaFleur for the past three years. Like, there wasn't any restarting. There wasn't any learning the offense. He already knew it. If anything, it was the rookie receivers that we got that needed to learn the offense. And it took them a little bit to figure things out. But, like, so, like, they weren't really resetting stuff. The Titans are having to, are going to have to reset everything. And I get, I get what you're saying, but I, I get, I totally get what you're saying, but. I'm taking scheme into account as well. Okay. Yeah, the, Mike Vrabel, the Mike Vrabel scheme was Derrick Henry was try to force the ball with Derrick Henry behind an atrocious offensive line. That's mas- mostly what the scheme was. Yeah. Give the ball to Derrick Henry, try to get one to get it in third and man. That changes okay? a little bit this year. That's not exactly. With so that's going to change. Okay. Yeah. Like, and that's why I'm saying with the new scheme, getting out from, give the ball to Derrick Henry 30 times when he's not going to be there, and then filling in the pieces, especially the offensive line, to where you're giving Will Levis more time to do those things. Right. I legitimately think it's realistic to throw one or two more wins on a 6-11 six, a six and 11 season. Like, I don't... I legitimately don't think that's, like, a crazy thing. Like, I'm not predicting, like, 10 or 11 wins. I'm literally saying, like, Eight and nine, like would be, it's still a losing season, but like eight and nine, Dude, I, fixing a lot of those things and actually playing 21st century football, like that's if, doing. If, if they go eight and nine, I will be insanely impressed, man. And I, eight and nine is possible, but I just, I would not have, have that as my expectation. Do I think the offense is probably going to pop a few games, especially if they can get a, a sign a receiver like T. Higgins? Mm-hmm. Do I think the the offense is going to pop for some really big games, some 30-plus point games? Yeah, I do. But it's more than just that. Like, I don't think that that, that, that those kind of performances are going to be consistent this season. Will Levis is awesome. I love Will Levis. He's uh, starting brand new with a new system and a new coach. There's going to be some bad games, okay? There's going to be some bad ones. I don't think the defense is going to perform as well next season as it did this year. I think that, like, this year, there were some bad matchups where the secondary got exposed. I don't think the front is going to hold up as well moving forward as it, as it has the past couple of years. I, I feel like, I, I don't know. I, I just think the team as a whole isn't going to be, you were talking about filling in these holes that you had this year, but I think there's going to be some new holes that form that you're not talking about. I agree with that. So anyway, I, I also trust Rand Carthon because like, like I said, literally every single Every single decision he made last year. I mean, yeah. even the Kevin Byer trade is looking like he just literally stole two picks. So, from me. do you know like, how many picks do the Titans have in the first three rounds this year? We have eight altogether. I think we have either three or four in the first. Three. Okay, I know we have eight so altogether. If and then this is a huge if because it's very mm-hmm. hard to do. If you hit on all three of your first three picks. The season can be very promising, mm. but hitting all three of your first three is very difficult to do. Mm. And let's talk about what that would look like hitting on all three. Number one, an elite offensive lineman. Okay. Well, number well. number two, what position do you think would be taken there that would really help the team this year? 
another offensive lineman? Of course. To, to be honest, I would not be upset if yeah. he fit another. Okay, so let's say that. And, and then, and then third round draft a receiver. I would be. I, I think that would be a great start. To be honest, I think that would be fantastic because that's you're you're committing, you know, real value to helping Will Levis, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what this year, this past draft, the Packers. The Packers just went all in on just drafting offensive players for Jordan Love. The first, their first round pick, they picked an edge rusher, Lucas Van Ness. And then after that, they picked like 10 offensive players the rest of the draft. That's all they did was pick tight ends, receivers, offensive linemen. That's all they did. So I think the Titans should do something like that. If you, if you want to start off first round offensive linemen and second round offensive linemen, I think that, I think that's probably worked pretty well. And then third round receiver. You can you can find some steals in the third round, man, with some receivers. You can do it. So I'm, I mean, I look, I'm not as, you know, ecstatic as you are, and I don't have the expectations that you do. But do I do I think it's realistic that they go seven wins? Yeah, I think that's very realistic. But me as a whole, I'm one of these guys that likes to set. I like to set expectations to where I am least likely to be disappointed. So so. Like for me as a Packers fan, like my expectation was an eight and nine, nine and eight win season. Okay. That was my expectation. And if they did worse than that, I'd be hurt. If they did better than that, I was ecstatic. So they got to nine and eight and I was like, Hey, they did it. And they even made the playoffs, which was more than I thought they were going to do. So I was like, with the Cowboys. And it destroyed the Cowboys. Oh, holy crap, dude. This is <laughs> the best season ever. So, so if, if I was a Titan sandwich, I semi am. If I'm setting my expectations at five or six wins and then they get seven, I'd be like, Hey, we, we're going places, man. We're, we're we're making progress. We're moving in the right direction. Let's keep going. But if I'm setting my expectations at eight and nine, and they go six and eleven again, then I'm like, oh, you know, what have we done? You know, when I don't know if you should really be having that expectation, that that reaction at a six and eleven season this year. If you all go six and eleven this coming season, but you see real signs of progress with Will Levis clicking with this new coach. Then that's all you need to see this year. I don't even think the record matters this coming yeah. season. You want to see progress with the offensive line being able to protect Will Levis and Will Levis being able to progress and read his progressions in a new offense. That's, I think that's what the goal is this next season for the Titans. And if those two things, if those things happen, I don't care what the record, if those things are happening, you should feel great as a Titans fan. That, that's my, that's my, I mean, view. I, I agree 100%. So. Like I'm just, to be honest, like just as a Titans fan, with everything from, I don't know, man. I, I'm just exci- I'm I'm so excited about the future, like yeah. as a Titans fan, legitimately, because I'm just ready to finally put this Titans franchise in the 21st century, legitimately. Yeah. And like I'm just, I'm so excited about it. Like I I, I personally feel like eight and nine. It's still a losing season when we went six and eleven now, under. I do want to say that you t- like what? I do want to say that you, you think eight and nine is a bad season for next year. Still a losing season, like, but you that would be that. no. That would be eight and nine would be if we went like I said. If we went eight and nine, depending on how we look, obviously, like there's a lot of variables in that, like with how Will Levis looks. How the offensive line looks, everything, how the defense. It looks, also depends on how you finish like, this. Because yeah. if you start the season one and five, 
and then you end the season eight and nine, you would be ecstatic about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So, so there is a lot of variables that play into that. But like, so I do want to point out, you keep saying you can't wait to see the Titans bring the offense into the 21st century. I do want to say the Titans have had a, a progressive offense before. With Vince Young and Chris Johnson, that was a progressive ahead of it, like 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 current modern day style offense at that time. Like that at that time, yeah, but, it was progressive. That's what I'm saying. And even that didn't football work. is so different. Now. Yeah, it's different like, now. But I'm saying like they have technically been on the train before with the offensive thing. They've done that before. But and Vince Young was really cool for, <laughs> for one year. <laughs> that was awesome for um, one year. Yeah, but. Yeah, I just, we probably need to move. But yeah. yeah, like I'm, I'm excited about it, man. Like I'm really excited to get all into all the draft talk mm-hmm. and the off season and the, the moves that he makes and everything like that. Like I'm really, really excited about this thing. Yeah. Like I really do have a good thing. Like I, about the future of the yeah. I really. Okay. So we're going to move on now. We're going to talk about Joe Barry finally. Packers fire Joe Barry. Let's go. Excited. Now, we can't just fire them and it be a success. We got to hire somebody that knows what they're doing and is going to be the right match for these players and this team. With that being said, my pick is the guy that just split up with the Giants, Wink Martindale. That's my pick. I would love to have him. I would even love to hire somebody out of the booth that's been in the booth for a while now, Rex Ryan. I would love to have Rex Ryan as my defensive coordinator. I don't think that's going to happen. Pretty much, he's similar into Wink Martindale, and think like it doesn't matter really what the name is. It just needs to be somebody that's aggressive. Like it needs to be somebody that's going to give up big plays. Like they're going to throw bomb touchdowns on us, but we're going to create turnovers and stuff too. Like that's fine. Like the offense with Jordan Love and Matt Lafleur is good enough that if we give up bomb touchdowns, it's not that big of a deal. We can handle that. Okay, what we can't handle is the other team having. Long, drawn-out drives of you getting six yards every single play because you're giving them six yards for free, okay? That's what we can't have. So, Ben, do you have any names in mind that you would like to have? I haven't given too much thought to it, honestly. I just wanted Joe Barry fired. Other than that, I really don't care who they bring in. What's the scheme you would like to see? A Definitely an aggressive scheme, for sure. Like, with Jair, with... Pass right. Valentine and Valentine both stepping up and playing well also. They're probably um, going to draft a corner in the first round. Yeah. That's what I can And saying. then Rashawn Gary with, what's his name, they drafted in the first round. Lucas Van On the Mattis. other side. Then you still have Kenny Clark in the middle. Like, yeah, I mean. They got some dogs up there. Yeah. And are they bringing Savage back, or is he still on contract? He is technically still on contract, but they could they could get rid of him. I, I personally like Savage a lot. I think Savage is awesome. I mean, we could do better. Dude, the Packers podcast that I listened to was talking about the things that Darnell Savage is good at and things that he's bad at compared to the things that Keyshawn Nixon is good at and that he's bad at. I, I, I think I completely agree with this. They should flip positions. Darnell Savage should be a slot corner because his instincts and quick switch. Is Keyshawn Nixon tall enough? Keisha, no, he's not tall, but yeah. but he's lightning fast, and he can cover the back end of the field basically by himself, and has elite ball skills. Yeah. So if you, I think, I seriously think they should try that out. I think they should flip him. I, I think, I think it's worth trying. Keyshawn Nixon is a great cover dude. Another thing is, if you get a more aggressive play caller 
that's probably going to leave Savage in some more man coverage looks, which I Would think not be great. I mean, I don't think that'd be great. I it's think fine. What, what, what we saw him do in the playoffs, which is what he's best at. Okay. Setting as that kind of like cover dude on top of the man coverage yeah. and break on the throws where he's just reading the quarterback. Yeah. That's what he's best at. So putting him in man coverage is not great. So I, I think he can do it, but I don't know. So just bring someone in that's aggressive. Trust the guys on your roster to make some plays for you. Yes, you're going to get burned from time to time, but trust the guys that you have to make plays for yeah, you. They're playing Whether it's a big sack or a tip interception or like anything like they've that. They've got the players for it, man. They, they've got players for the, the coordinator to feel confident being aggressive. Joe yeah. Barry just wasn't that guy. The, they, the fact that you're not aggressive with the defensive line that they had in Rashawn yeah. Gary bringing a first-round edge rusher in I and Kenny Clark, agree. like, how do you not be aggressive with that it pass rush? It didn't make any sense. Yeah. He literally was wasting the pass rush because he was begging for the other team to throw so quick short. passes. Yeah. He was begging them to throw short, quick passes, which means your pass rush doesn't even matter. And then What he, are you doing? He's counting on his team to come up and make a tackle, which... For, they did. They did for the most but part. But it doesn't matter when you gave them six free yards. It doesn't yeah. matter if they make the tackle or not. Yeah. That was six yards. You know, like, I, anyway, yeah, it was so frustrating. He's gone finally. Thank goodness. But anyway, were there any other coach hirings or firings that I'm missing here that you guys can think of? Mm-hmm. I don't know if what was the guy's name for the Raiders that they, the interim guy that they hired full time? Uh, Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce, the Raiders hired him as their official head coach. I think that was a good hire, yeah. especially because all the players were really wanted. Yeah, to if it. they didn't have hire him, the players would have fired. And he did a good enough job yeah. to like make him they the fought. actual head coach, give him a year or two, and yeah, they fought hard. Where do you guys actually see like some of the other? names? Like where do you see like Mike Vrabel going? Where do you see? I don't. I, I see Mike Vrabel. I see Mike Vrabel taking a year off. Yeah, at this point, some of those names are going to have to take a year off. I, I, Vrabel's going to take a year off. Belichick's going to coach the Falcons because apparently he's going to the Falcons. I don't want him to go to the Falcons. Arthur Smith is just not Arthur Smith. What's their What's their owner's name? Arthur Blank. Arthur Blank. Yeah, he is not going to take no for answer. You, you can't remember his last name. Yeah, <laughs> I'm blanking, man. <laughs> anyway, Arthur Blank, it just seems like Arthur Blank just refuses to take no for an answer. He's going to give Bill, Ele- Bill Belichick so much money that Bill Belichick can't re- It's just so stupid. Like, dude, your team is so young, so much potential. Like, why are you hiring a guy that's going to be there for two or three years? And Bill like, Belichick needs a really good quarterback for anything to work that he's trying to do. And the Falcons obviously don't have that. They're, and they're not going to get that in the draft. They have all of the offensive weapons. Yes. They just need a guy to unlock it, which you, a good quarterback helps you unlock the offense, obviously. But they need an offensive-minded coach, too. Bill Belichick is the exact opposite of the coach that the Falcons need. If they hire Bill Belichick, I'm going to be very disappointed. I think you're so, right, Ben. I don't think it's a great but, fit. But Arthur Blank is just not... It just seems like he's not taking no for an answer. They they joked about it and said that if the contract isn't twenty eight point three million, <laughs> something's wrong. <laughs> oh my god! We touched on the Cowboys sticking with Arthur. Yeah, we touched. We, yeah, did we touch did. on that. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, I can't think of any any of the other ones right now, but I think I saw that the the Dolphins. Them and their defensive coordinator split ways, but I don't remember what that guy's name. But anyway, 
I thought he did a pretty good job. They had a lot of injuries on the deep side. Yeah. So, anyway, let's move on. We're going to talk about the conference championship games this weekend. The first game up, which game is first this weekend, actually? Is it the Dolphins and 49ers? Wait, no. Sorry, Dolphins. Wow, Lions. Lions. I'm wrong animal. That is a completely wrong conference, too. Yeah, wrong conference, wrong animal, wrong ecosystem, wrong everything. Wrong everything. Yeah. <laughs> It's barely even the same planet. <laughs> so, anyway, first game is actually Chiefs. Dude, was that your hip? Ben just had a two moment, bro. Was that your hip? Ben just broke his hip. Bro. Oh, are you good? Dude, you had to hear that pop on there. I don't think it popped up on there. But. Oh, just continue. Are you okay? okay? <laughs> oh. All right, man. My e- my ecosystem really killed Ben. That ecosystem comment just really did him in, bro. We just lost the end, bro. <laughs> anyway, that first game is actually Chiefs at Ravens. The Ravens are favored by three and a half points Jeez. over over under Jeez. a forty four and a half. Tanner, how do you, what game are we talking about? Chiefs at Ravens. Okay. How do you? Okay, before you say what you think is going to happen, give me. What do you what are you rooting for? What do you want to happen in this game? This not, is, not not just not just who you want to win. What do you how do you want it to go down? What do you want to happen? I want it to end in a tie, but I know it's not going to because <laughs> I hate both of these teams. I don't know, man. I if I had to pick my perfect scenario, it's a zero zero game. Okay. Okay. It's overtime. All field goals. No, it did zero zero. They missed <laughs> all field goals. They kick field goals and just miss them all. Okay. I like the field goal kickers. It's a 0-0 game. The Ravens punt in the Chiefs inside of the one. Oh, boy. Okay. I see where this is going. They snap the ball. Patrick Mahomes mishandles it, tries to scramble out, and he sacked and loses the game on its seat. No, no, no. He doesn't even get sacked. He, he just, just runs out of the back. He just runs out of bounds. Dan he does the Dan Orlovsky. just yeah. runs out of the back. And the Ravens <laughs> it, win two to nothing. Was it Jared Goff that did that also? Jared, I think Jared Goff may... There was, there was another person that... Because Dan Orlovsky posted about it. Yes, <laughs> but it wasn't Jared Goff because we would have made a big deal about it because it, would have, it was also the Lions if it was Jared Goff. And it, I don't think it was the Lions. Who was it? I don't remember. But It wasn't this year. I think it was a younger... In his last year. But anyway. Uh, now, do I see that happening? Obviously not. Okay. I want to say that I think both offenses are going to show up, but I kind of think this is going to be real. Well, I'll give you, we'll let you get to the prediction thing in a second. Now, Ben, what are you wanting to happen? What do you want to go down? Okay. I want the Chiefs to get up early so that the Ravens have to stay aggressive. The Ravens take a 7-10 to 10 point lead in the fourth. They come back, take the lead in the fourth quarter. The Chiefs have to pass the ball, stay aggressive with Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey makes a play or two to get them down the field. It's an exciting three to either tight or three-point game. Ravens have the ball. Lamar leads his team on a game-winning drive, and you have to pay your respects to Lamar Jackson. He doesn't run the ball a single time on the final drive. They play perfect defense. Lamar dots Chiefs up, and they win the game. That's what I want to have, just so that you have to pay respects to Lamar. I I just want this to be an ugly game in general, just so I don't have to give too much credit to anybody that wins. But 
if that's not the case. One thing I do want to happen in general, just for any game, I just want there to be a Hail Mary throw at the end of a game. As so, like We haven't had that like at all this whole season. Like Not even that it was complete or not. Well, like, we had it, but, you know, the Bears. Well, yes, I, I'm saying yeah, the Bears one was a draw. I'm not even talking about like actually caught. Uh, How many times have we actually had somebody the, attempt a Hail, a Hail Mary? Zach Wilson did it, and it would have been caught, but Garrett Wilson <laughs> got tackled by his own dude. No, Garrett Wilson tackled his own dude. I think no, you're uh, right. They hit each other in the air. Anyway, so but with that being said, we've had two or three attempts all season. Like that's not enough. We need more. We're seeing too many anticlimactic field goals at the end of these games, and I'm tired of it. I want a hail mary, bro. It doesn't even have to be complete. They can tackle each other in the end zone with the ball in the air, and we have a debate whether it was pass interference or not. I want that conversation. I'm tired of these anticlimactic field goals. So as long as it doesn't come down to anticlimactic field goal, I'll be cool. Be cool with it. I would also love an all field goal game between Harrison Butker and Justin Tucker. That would be fun. Those are two, maybe the two best kickers in the NFL. That'd be a lot of fun. So anyway, I don't. I, I I'm very upset that one of these teams are going to the Super Bowl. But yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay. Now Tanner, what do you, what do you think is going to happen in this game? Give me the game script prediction here. Ravens are favored by three and a half. I I know you guys probably aren't going to agree with this. I genuinely, genuinely see something like this happening. Okay. I see it being close all game long. I see it being kind of a back and forth between both teams. And I see a penalty at the end of the game giving the Chiefs this win. I genuinely do. I, I just, because look, I am not, and like I've said, I am not one. The only way that I think the Ravens are winning this game is if it's a one, if it's like a two possession game, legitimately. Because I, I'm not one to say the NFL is rigged. I'm not, dude. If this game is close, there's no way in hell the NFL is going to let the Chiefs lead this game. I, I just, I genuinely believe that. Like, and I'm not that guy. I legitimately don't think I've ever ever even made a statement like that. Like, it bugs me when I hear people at work saying stuff like the NFL is rigged and anything like that. I, it genuinely does. It would not shock me if this game was close and there was a penalty at the end of the game, kind of like the Super Bowl last year with the Chiefs-Eagles or with the, the Chiefs and Jets earlier in the season, something of that nature, a penalty really being the deciding factor, and that's what we're talking about at the end of like, and I, I hope I'm wrong, man. I really genuinely hope I'm wrong because that would be the most anticlimactic way to end a game. But I, I genuinely, genuinely see it come down to something like that. I mean, I think that's possible. I, I, and I know that's probably not what you were wanting to hear. You were probably wanting some kind of like, you know, it was super in-depth like take about this. No. I just genuinely feel like that's what's going to happen, man. I really, really, really do. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I I don't... Because we've already seen it multiple times this year. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely possible, dude. Dude, and, like, here's the thing. None of the Chiefs receivers, and not including Travis Kelsey right now, none of the Chiefs receivers are big enough names to really draw those kind of penalties. Because referees, whether they like to admit it or not, Big name receivers tend yeah. to get more calls if they're yeah. not making the plays. But if, if Travis Kelsey is involved in a play and he's not making the play, 
then that's when a flag is going to come out in that crucial moment. That that's that's when it's going to happen. Even what the flag so, did they call on Sauce Gardner for the that was that, game? that was, was that? that was very early in the season, and they the referees didn't know how bad the Chiefs receivers were. That's a little bit different when it was that early in the season. This late in the season, it's a little different. I'm not sure who that receiver was. It may have been Marcus Valdez Scantling. He was supposed to be pretty good this year, and he just had yeah. it. But maybe not. I don't remember. But I don't know, man. Like I would love, I, I would love to give some like in depth, like it's gonna come down to like where it's gonna be neck and neck. Like I, I just as much. I really hate to say it, man. I just genuinely feel like it's gonna come down to something like that, and we are going to be having a conversation on Monday when we do this podcast about a penalty. About a penalty at the end of the game deciding me. Yeah. I, I just, I it's genuinely possible. feel like that's what's going to happen. It's very possible. I do. All right, Ben, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, the more I think about it, dude, I don't know if the Chiefs are, can possibly win this game. And the reason I say that is because the Ravens defense with the pieces that they have is almost built to stop. Travis Kelsey with shoot I'm blanking on his name right now but the middle linebacker that they have that's awesome that his stats are very comparable to I can't think of anyone's name right now my mind is blanking who was the stud middle linebacker for the Ravens for a long time Ray Lewis yeah his com- stats are very competitive comparable okay, to well, Ray that Lewis. type of linebacker can't guard Kelsey well it it's Roquan Smith, and he is capable of guarding. Yeah, he's he. I don't care what stat that he's not Ray Lewis style at all. Yeah, he's but, very good. Yeah, you don't Ray Lewis type middle linebacker wouldn't have Ray Lewis type stats in today's NFL. True. So, true. and then they have the say Kyle Hamilton. Kyle yeah. Hamilton. That I didn't know who yeah. that guy was before this season, but that dude has been balling out. Yeah, it, holy so, cow. He's a he's their strong safety. He, I would have like Gordon Travis. Kelsey. Yeah, he's I would be admitting Ravens defense is good. I've always I've said all year the Ravens defense. I agree. I and, she said the Ravens <clears throat> weren't a good team in general. Like no, I, I don't think they were great. Their linebacker and safety core is really good. They have enough on the defensive defensive line. Their corners are better than the Chiefs' receivers. Like I think Patrick Mahomes is going to make enough magic happen to keep the game entertaining but i just think that ravens defense is pretty much built to shut down the kansas city offense and then the ravens offense i don't think there is anything you can do to stop that offense you can slow them down if you hold lamar rushing but i don't think you can stop that offense so especially with mark andrews coming back this week too you have just another weapon to add like I just don't see any way the Chiefs win this game, honestly. So the only way they do is if Isaiah Pacheco goes off on the ground and then Travis Kelsey, even despite perfect defense, Patrick Mahomes is just making perfect throws, which is possible. But I just don't see that happening for a whole game. So the way I see this going, and I want to make this clear, this is not what I want. And if this happens this way, I'm going to be sitting there the entire game watching this football game and just shaking my head the whole time, okay? I think this game is going to be an absolute shootout. I think both offenses are going to go nuclear in this game. I think, and let me talk about the Chiefs side of the ball first. 
dealing with the Ravens defense. I think this is going to be one of those games where Patrick Mahomes does his twirly twirl magic pocket awareness somehow get out of four different sacks on one play and finding people wide open because they've been running free or because Patrick Mahomes just bought seven seconds somehow in the pocket. I, I see Patrick Mahomes doing that a lot in this game, scrambling for big runs in this game. I see Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey carrying the offense basically by themselves. And on the other side of the ball, I see Lamar Jackson having possibly the best game he's ever had in his career. I see Lamar Jackson having at least 300 total yards, rushing and passing combined. I think Zay Flowers is going to have a massive game. I think Mark Andrews is going to have a massive game. I think Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews both may be approaching 100 yards receiving each. And I just see Lamar Jackson basically being unstoppable in this game. And I think maybe, I think if all this goes up the way I'm talking about, it's going to be whoever has the ball last wins the game. And I see both teams scoring around 30 points. And just whoever, whoever gets that last possession is going to win. I think, I think it's going to come down to probably a tie game. Both offenses have been elite all game long, and then there's an anticlimactic field goal to end the game because both field kickers are elite. So if they're if they're lining up to kick that field goal at the end, it's going in. So I, that's the way I, I think both offenses are going to be awesome, and I'm going to hate every second of it. That's what I think. I I, I think Lamar Jackson has his best game of his career. I I just mm. that's the way I see it. Mm. So it's a big statement coming yep. from this dude. Yeah, it is. It is. So. I just see it coming. I'm, I'm dreading it. I'm not looking forward to it, bro. I'm not. I think it's a bad matchup for the Chiefs' defense. The Ravens' defense. I don't necessarily think it's a bad matchup for the Ravens' defense. I just think that sometimes Patrick Mahomes wakes up and Travis Kelsey wakes up and it just decides they're going to be unstoppable. And I think this is going to be one of those games. I think they've been kind of sleepwalking their way through the playoff. Even the Bills game, they kind of sleptwalked their way through for the most of it. And he still had two touchdowns. Yeah, and I think this is going to be one of those games that they're primed and ready to go the whole time. So it'll be, it'll probably be a fun one for most people, but it'll be miserable for me. So that's that's the way I see it. Yeah. Anyway, can you imagine if the game goes exactly the way I'm talking about, how much we're going to hear about it all week long next week? For the next two weeks, basically, it'll be miserable. Oh, God. A freaking field goal or a flag to yeah. end the game. I'm telling you, bro, it's going to happen. Yeah, there'll be a there'll be like a forty yard pass interference that leads to the game win. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to talk about the no, next, we're not. next week? <laughs> we're not going to talk about the pro. We're not going to talk about people that made. The, I would rather talk about people that made all pro, but not pro. Pro Bowl is just a fan voting nonsense stupidity. All pro is worth talking about. Pro Bowl is not. Where so, Derek Carvin? I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think so. Either. <laughs> we didn't think it was going to happen last. Will Levis is going to make it, guys. Next, maybe next year. Maybe. <laughs> maybe next year. I know who is going to make it next year. Jordan Love. He's going to make it next year. Surprised he didn't make it this year. To be well, honest, because he got hot too late. People, it was already over at that point. Anyway, so next game up, the only other game up, Lions at 49ers. 49ers are favored by seven points. The over under is set at fifty. By the way, I do think it's kind of surprising that the over under is fifty in this game and it's forty four in the other game. I think that's a little interesting. I actually think this game will be a little more offensive. Okay, but a fifty point over under with a seven point spread seems weird. What would that put the score at? I would put it at thirty three to. 27? 
32 and a half to 26 and a half, 26, something like that. 33 to 27, 60. Oh, you're right, you're right. 23, 7. What? No, that's no. not even close. That's four. We're struggling. We, we hit 60 and 40. <laughs> See, okay, so we're all around it. 30, 30, 30 to 20. 30 to 20 is 50. But that's a 10 point spread. So 29 to 21. 27, 27. 28, 22. 27, 23. Oh, that doesn't. 28 to 21 will put it at 49 points. Okay, there we go. But, but it's adding one more point to that. So, yeah. Anyway, something like that. Yeah, that just seems weird to me. But, I don't know. I think this one be more high scoring than the other game, actually. I actually agree. Okay. So before we get into predictions, Ben, what are you wanting to happen in this game? I would love for Christian McCaffrey to look great, Brock Purdy to look great, Brandon Ayuk to look great, <laughs> Debo Samuel to not be on the field, which I don't think he's he expected. Playing? I don't think he's expected. Really? Play. Whenever I looked at all the player props and stuff, he wasn't projected in any of them. That so, doesn't mean he's not going to play. That just means that the, the sports betting apps doesn't—they're no. not sure. Yeah, so they don't want to put anything on it. But mostly Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, and Brandon Ayuk to look really good. But I also want Jared Goff to look awesome, and I want the Lions to win this game. Wow! So that—that's what I want to happen. Okay. Okay, Tanner, you go next. What do you want to happen? Uh. What I want to happen is Christian McCaffrey to have the worst game of his career. Good, great, good. Thank God. And Brock Purdy to throw for 405 touchdowns. What? So we can literally just have him shut up. So I want to get this right. Not, not 405 yards. 405 touchdowns. So you no, 400 yards, five 400 yards, five touchdowns. Oh, yes. All I, I heard five 405 touchdowns. That's what I heard. No, four, <laughs> yes, 405 touchdowns. I don't know how it's possible, but he's going to make it. All right, he's the GOAT. He yeah. never <laughs> plays another yeah. snap of football. In that one game, he would break the record for most playoff pa- touching, passing touchdowns in all time. Yes. By quite a bit. Yes, by yeah. a lot. Yeah, and then I actually, this one's tough for me, man, because I really, really want the Lions to win this game, but I, I'm a big Brock Purdy. So I want to see him ball out, dude, and I want to see. That's why I said I want Christian McCaffrey to have the first game of his career. Not nothing against Christian McCaffrey. You realize Christian McCaffrey's really valuable in the passing game too. I know that, but that would I would have to have Debo Samuel, and I would have to have Brandon I go ballistic and George Kittle. Like maybe he can catch one pass for a touchdown. I'll give him like two or. He's minus three hundred as a touchdown score. So those betters are they're gonna be banking on that guy to get yeah. touchdown. Yes. So that's what I want to happen personally. Okay. So for me, what I want to happen is 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 selfish, you know, as a Packers fan. But I want the 49ers to obliterate the line. Okay. And here thoughts. And I want Brock Purdy to throw at least three hundred yards and at least three passing touchdowns. And the reason why I want that to happen, one is, as a Packers fan, I kind of enjoy having the Lions as little brother and just kind of keeping them down and keeping them at an arm's length is fun. You know, just keep the Lions down there. Don't let them get happy. So You act like you can keep me at arm. 
My arms are longer than your arms. So, yes, I can. <laughs> I can get around it, though. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'll be like Dan Campbell, and I'll bite your kneecaps off. <laughs> so, anyway. I, so, the Lions, I don't really care about that much, to be honest with you. But here's why I want the 49ers to win. I want them to obliterate the Lions, and I want them to obliterate whoever they're playing in the Super Bowl. I want the 49ers to win the Super Bowl that they've been so close to so many times. Get the dad game thing over with. So, game. you stop dad game. The dad game thing. Stop! I, I want. I just please be done with it. So get it over with. Win it. So you stop pushing so hard for it in the future, and you stop beating the Packers in the playoffs every single year. Win the Super Bowl. Then I want you to kind of fall fall off. Okay, win it, fall off. That's what I want to happen. Get it done. Christian McCaffrey get his ring. Rock Party go again. Get a ring. Get Debo Samuel a ring. George Kittle a ring. Get all these guys a ring that deserve a ring. Especially Trent Williams. Get that guy a freaking ring. Get all these guys a ring that deserve it. And then that way we can kind of let the 49ers just drift away into nothingness in the next few years. Please. That's not happening. Ne- next year, they'll still be really good because Brock Purdy will still be on the rookie contract. Then after that, then they'll have to pay Brock Purdy. See, Brock Purdy's going to take that hometown Tom Brady discount. Oh, not living in San Francisco. He's not living yet. <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. Those taxes. Yeah, man. He, no, he might break the record. Biggest contract. So anyway, so once once they get Brock Purdy off the rookie contract, I'm not scared of that team, right? I'm terrified of them this year and next year because Brock Purdy will still be on the rookie contract. But then after that, I think things may start to unravel. So, but anyway, I just want them to get the Super Bowl over with. Just be done with it. Please win it. So you stop being so hungry for it in the future. And maybe Trent Williams will just go ahead and retire if he wins the Super Bowl. We don't got to worry about that guy anymore. That'd be fantastic. So that's what I'm rooting for. Please just get through the lines without you even having to really stress too much. Just dominate them. Get get it over with. Jared Goff, you can try to come from behind and by multiple scores in the fourth quarter and just end up with a great stat line at the end of the day. But I don't want you to win the game. I'm sorry. I, I need the 49ers just to be done with this. So anyway, that's what I'm rooting for. Ben, what do you think is going to happen in this game? What's your prediction? I'm going to let Tanner go first. All right. So I personally see this being a high. I'm kind of along the same lines as Ben. I see this being a higher scoring game than the other one, the the Chief Dragons, because I feel like both defenses are going to come to play. But I do see the whole Patrick Mahomes scramble. But I do feel like both defenses are going to play. Now, in this one, I don't know, man. Like both of these offenses, if they can protect Jared Goff, and give him time, I think he can pick this defense apart. But that's going to be the biggest thing. If the 49ers can pressure Jared Goff, I think the 49ers actually win this pretty easily. Agreed. But if they give him enough time in the pocket, he will pick that defense apart. 1,000%. I don't. I see the 49ers personally having their way with the Lions defense. Do I see Christian McCaffrey having the worst game of his career? Obviously not, because that dude's just too good. The biggest thing to me is I feel like Debo could win or lose this game. If Debo does not play in this game, I think the Lions beat the 49ers. Wow. But if he plays, I think the four, I, I think Debo Samuel is going to be that big of an X factor in this so game. So let me ask you this. If you think the Lions are going to win without him, anything the 49ers are going to win with him, how big of a point, a point spread do you think Debo Samuel is? How many points of a difference do you think that guy is? 
you've really undervalued Debo Samuel. Yeah, you really undervalued Debo Samuel. It's worth. Uh, he's worth something. He's worth a one thousand percent. He's worth. Something. But how much do you think it is? Because I personally Which, think it's like two or three points max. I don't. I don't think I, I can touch down or anything like that. See, I disagree, man. I I dis. I actually disagree with that. I think in this game, if he's healthy, he can get you a touchdown. I genuinely. Well, I think I think he can get I a think touchdown. He can, but I'm but I'm saying like on that drive, they may have got that touchdown anyway. Um, so that's why I don't think he's a touchdown difference as far as points go. What are you asking necessarily? Uh, so like so okay, so the over under is set at seven points. Oh, yeah. Not the not the over. The spread is set at the 49ers of seven points. Okay, so do you think that that's with Debo Samuel? The 49ers should be favored by seven. Is that what you think? That's with Debo Samuel. So if, without Debo, without Debo Samuel, how much do you, do you think the Lions are supposed to win? Right. So, the, so you think he's a more than seven point difference? That's what you're saying. Without Debo Samuel, I think you could classify personally as a fail. So you think he's right at a seven? Point I think he's right at a seven. I really do. Wow. Because I think he's just that valuable in the 49ers offense. Wow. Like he is criminally underrated by this guy personally. But yeah, I, I genuinely think if Debo is healthy, I think the 49ers win this game. If he's not healthy, I think the Lions could win this game. Okay. You obviously disagree. All right, Ben. What do you think is going to happen? I honestly <clears throat> think the 49ers are going to take early control of this game and just not give it up. I think the Lions are going to fight, stay in it like they've done all year. But I think the 49ers get out to either a field goal lead or a touchdown lead. And then they pretty much just keep that the whole way. Both offenses go back and forth. There's three to four stops maybe by each side. And then there's just points on the board, whether it's field goal or touchdown, pretty much every drive. So... That's what I think will happen. I think the 49ers will win. Brock Purdy will look good, but more of the scheme-type quarterback that everyone – I hate that people think he's only a scheme-type quarterback because I think he's awesome. But I look for him to have a better game than last week whenever he couldn't hold on to the football. Christian McCaffrey, I think, will have a lot of receiving yards in this game because – the Lions' defensive line, especially in the run game, they have so many bodies, and they are big bodies too. That yes, the 49ers' offense line is studly, but the, they can just stuff the run lanes, and they're going to be playing downhill football, looking to stop Christian McCaffrey. I, which will is another reason I think Brock Purdy will have a better game. But they're going to get Chris McCaffrey involved. Chris McCaffrey is still going to get his. So I think he'll get his more in the receiving game. As far as the Lions offensive side of the ball, I think their weapons are good enough to keep them in it. And honestly, it depends on their offensive line because I don't know how Frank Ragnall is doing. I think he's expected to play. But obviously, if he's tempered in any way, that's a big impact. And then... Their tackles are good enough to give Jared Goff time, I believe. Obviously, you're not going to keep Nick Bosa and Chase Young at bay the whole game, but I think they're good enough to give him time on most plays. So I think the Lions offense does good enough to keep him in it, but I think the 49ers just get that early lead. Offensive line is legit, bro. That Lions offensive line. It's solid. 
Yep. Both of these offensive lines are really good. I, uh, what I think is going to happen is I think that the 49ers are going to start hot. Now, I think the Lions could score an early touchdown as well. But I think the 49ers score a touchdown on each of their first three possessions. I think I think the 49ers are going to score a touchdown on all three of their first possessions, and they have like a 21-7 to lead. And you give the 49ers that lead, it's game over. It's crap. It's just, you might as well go ahead and call it quits. It's over at that point. The Lions can try to come from behind, but if you try to come from behind against that 49ers team, it's not going to work out for you. I see the Lions having some success offensively, but not enough. I think the 49ers' success is going to look a little bit different than what we're accustomed to seeing from the 49ers. Because like Ben was talking about, their Lions' front is pretty stout. So I don't think the 49ers are just going to take control of the last scrimmage and just run it down their throats. I think we're going to see some deep play-action plays by Brock Purdy. I think we're going to see multiple downfield, like 40-yard kind of plays. I think we're going to see multiple of those in this game. And I, and I think that once they hit a couple of those the Lions defense is just going to be torn to pieces and they're not going to know what to do. And then then that'll open up some stuff from Christian McCaffrey underneath. And it's I I I I see the 49ers winning pretty easily. 10, 10 plus. I would say 14 plus, but I, I think the Lions could score a late touchdown or something to get under that. But I, I think the final score 49ers end by at least 10 points. So I feel like the fourth quarter of this game may be kind of boring. I think it could be one of those. Anyway, you guys hate that, love that, disapprove. I don't hate it, approve. Yeah, I think it'll be closer than that. I, a seven point spread is a a lot. I feel like, but it's pretty big. I don't know. It just depends on how healthy both teams are, honestly, because both teams have injury concerns. My prediction, by the way, it I don't have a stipulation with Debo Samuel. I don't care if Debo Samuel is in there or not. I feel the same way. They're better if he doesn't. Wow. Okay, I'm okay. not. I'm, I'm not that great. I'm not going that far. But anyway, all right, guys. Do we want to get to our bets now? Let's do it. Okay. Do either of you all have individual bets that you would like to talk about before we go to our odd parlay bets? Nope. Okay. I am going to give a couple of bets here real quick. I have a same game parlay for each game. I over the course of the season, I've realized that there is a way to make some money using underdogs, picking underdogs to win, and a, but using a same-game parlay and with the underdog to win the game, doing some prompt parlays on what I think needs to happen for that team to win the game. So anyway, so first up, I've got the Chiefs uh, on the same-game parlay, Chiefs money line with the total over-under of 44.5, uh, over 44.5 points. Patrick Mahomes over 243 and a half passing yards. Mark Andrews over 36 and a half receiving yards. Lamar Jackson over 66 and a half rushing yards. And Travis Kelsey 62 and a half receiving yards. You think that Lamar is going to go over on rushing yeah. with the Chiefs winning the game? Yes, because I think, I think for the Chiefs to win the game, it needs to be a chaotic, crazy game. And I think if it's a chaotic, crazy game, then Lamar Jackson goes over on his rushing yards. So anyway, that one $5 wager wins me $169. Next up, the Lions money line, same game parlay. This one's more things to go here. Christian McCaffrey, 40 plus alternate receiving yards. David Montgomery, over 44 and a half rushing yards. 
the total points to go over 50 and a half. Oh, no, sorry, under 50 and a half. Brock Purdy over seven and a half rushing yards. Jared Goff over one and a half rushing yards. The first half Lions total points over 10 and a half. And the first half 49ers total points under 14 and a half. I'm actually kind of surprised that let me do the first half over unders for the, each individual points with the same game parlay because I feel like that was very positively correlated. Yeah. So I definitely think the Lions need to have a halftime lead going into halftime to win this game. Yeah. So anyway, so that $5 pays me $507. So I, I've, if the Lions win this game, which I don't think is going to happen, but if they did, I think the rest of these things are going to happen. Like, I feel really good about them. But yeah. the thing is, I just don't think the Lions are. I don't think it's going to happen. But anyway, if it did, that's the way it have to play out. So anyway, that is my same game parlays, the underdog same game parlay. Anyway, on to our pod parlays. Tanner, what were your two picks for the pod parlay? One, one from the Chiefs-Ravens game and one from the Lions at 49ers game. Yeah, so my, Chief Raven, my Chiefs-Ravens one was Travis Kelsey over seven receptions. Seven plus receptions. Seven plus receptions. I 100% see, I 100% see Travis Kelsey being a safety blanket for Patrick Mahomes in this game. I could actually see Travis Kelsey being more around the non-10 range person. But, because I think he's going to, I think he's going to be that valuable to him in this game. Okay. Then my other was Christian McCaffrey over four and a half total receptions. Okay. All right. Ben, what were your two picks? All right. Mine were a little more out there this week. Yeah, a lot more plus money with Ben. Yeah. But uh, I have an Isaiah Likely anytime touchdown score. And my other one was Christian McCaffrey to have over 60 receiving yards in this game. So, By the way, have we ever had a touchdown score in our pod parlay before? I don't think we have. No, I, I always said no. I hate touchdown score parlay. Prompt, yeah. by the way. But you know who's going to get one? Isaiah Life. Okay, we'll see. He got one last week. I feel like he may have used up all his fortune there. But we'll see. Okay. My <laughs> two picks are Mark Andrews over 36 and a half receiving yards and Jared Goff over one and a half rushing yards. Let's go. I need like one, be sneak, one quarterback sneak that is successful. That's hey, it's going to be fourth and one early in the game. Dan Campbell's going to do QB sneak for two yards, baby. Yep. Let's go. That's all we need. We need two of them. That's it. All right. And one dollar wins us one hundred and forty three dollars this week. Hey, we never hit one before. Watch this be the one we hit. This is going to be the one. Right. Oh, man. Anyway, so we've only got two games to focus on with this this week. So at least we can't ruin it too quickly. So <laughs> but if we ruin the first game, at least we only had one more game to go. Anyway, anything else you guys want to talk about for the championships, the, the conference championships before we move on? Honestly, I know I said I want the Lions to win, but part of me also wants to see it be Ravens 49ers, just so <laughs> that the color scheme matches. Just, yeah. I mean, people will be very upset about that. Yeah. Honestly, the only way that it's not going to look rigged is if it's Chiefs 49ers. Because if it's Chiefs Lions, it's going to look rigged because it's going to be Jared Goff versus Patrick Mahomes again. And then that was also the first game of the season, so it's like I don't think that one looks rigged. I think the I only think way I think the only way it doesn't look rigged because if it's Ravens Forty ers it looks rigged because of the color thing. 
And if it's Chiefs 49ers, it looks bad because it's the 49ers and then you got all the Swifties with the Chiefs thing. Like yeah. that looks rigged too. The only way it doesn't look rigged is if the Lions make it in. I think that's the only way it doesn't look. So, yeah. Anyway, so uh, before we end it today, I want to I I want to talk about something that I noticed a little bit ago, Ben. Last last episode, you randomly we were talking about the Buffalo Bills and you just randomly said, I want to go to Wyoming. You're going to go to Wyoming. Wyoming. That's what it was. I don't think that was last episode. A couple episodes, a couple episodes ago, you said, yeah. I want to go to Wyoming. And it was so random. We're like, what are you talking about? Buffalo, it's Buffalo Bills. And like all of a sudden, you're like, I want to go to Wyoming. And you were like, oh, it's the, it's the Buffalo. It's the bison. Yeah. Anyway, so I was just scrolling through my Instagram reels earlier. And all of a sudden, it pops up. Josh Allen, college football highlights. And then everything came full circle. Oh, and I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh, Josh Allen plays for Wyoming. <laughs> That's so funny. I didn't even think about that. Everything you came full circle. It went straight over all of our heads. <laughs> I was just throwing an Easter egg out there. Brandon found it. So. <laughs> it went full circle, bro. Full circle. That's Josh Allen played for Wyoming. I uh, do I do also want to mention a few episodes ago, I mentioned that the Celtics had an undefeated streak, and then the very next home game they lost. So <laughs> I, I definitely jinxed that. It was against Denver. They lost by two. It was a good game. But literally, as soon as I talked about them being undefeated, they lose. And I was like, nice. All right. Definitely jinxed that. Unless you guys got something else you want to say, about to wrap it up. So if five ants move in an apartment with five ants, are they technically tenants?